0: Yeah, uh, hallelujah. Amen. Made it out the what is up everybody matt with the iron podcast it has been a minute since i have been on and i need to apologize for that writing a lot of content honestly been pretty busy with the coffee company i made some big decisions recently in my life and i am on a path of world domination in a good way so well Pretty tough topic today. Not tough per se, but a challenging one to think about. Uh, I'm sure we all get caught up in the scrolls of social media, whether it be Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, whatever your uh, guilty pleasure is. I came across one the other day. If you know Mark Driscoll, he's a pretty heavy-hitting pastor out of Arizona. Uh, either like him or you don't, from what I can read on his social media. Uh, And man, he had a video that was pretty intense, just talking about passive men and passive Christians really in general. And then I came across this article. Uh, It was pretty uh, an intense article. It was written in 2017. It was titled Passive Christianity is Dead Christianity. That was a pretty intense uh, thing to read. So as I'm sitting down here in my coffee shop today, a uh, coffee roastery, I should say, uh, Heroes Rice Coffee, boom, uh, just finished roasting up today, pretty pumped about uh, what we got going on down here. But uh, yeah, welcome to my shop, welcome to my podcast, I'm excited to break this this thought process down with you. So as, as I was watching uh, this video and I was praying about it, because it kind of stuck with me, I even presented this topic to my men's group at church, and um as i was praying about it and i just felt led this this concept came to me that um, no one is coming mindset or you know concept that nobody's coming for example we live in a pretty crazy world right now a lot of things going on a lot of craziness uh, some great things too it's been cool to see like that that revival going on at the college whether you believe it is one or not Uh, but it's cool to see what's what's happening Uh, god is moving and he always is it's just fun to focus on the good things that are happening but As I sit here in this idea of what this podcast I watch or listen to and this article I found and as I open the Bible and I spend my time in prayer, this passivity word or passive is really hitting heavy on my heart and this mindset of no one is coming. I thought, for example, Mark Driscoll, and I I I wrote it down here almost in quotations because I want to get it right. He said um, in his last podcast that if we don't lead our lives, someone else will and that someone is the enemy. Now, I probably butchered it a little bit because... Uh, he had a little more direct, but his his point was if we don't take charge of our lives or our callings or our spheres of influence, if you will, uh, someone's going to, and chances are that someone is the enemy. He said two things. He said, um, the enemy tries to get us in one of two ways, typically either full on destruction, right? Like full catastrophic failure, or he makes us passive, and that stuck with me pretty crazy and it, it led me to some deep research, some deep thought processes and you know, I kind of interviewed a couple of people and just seen how their lives were going and i I found some successful people I talked to them what I guess we 'd consider successful in the world today and and then I uh, interviewed some people that might you know kind of be down on their luck right now and One thing I noticed is the people that um, let 's just say are doing okay in life, you know that are doing well. Uh, above standards, if you will, uh, I think they 're killing it because they don't they don 't wait for life to come to them. they go get life. they are the opposite of passive and then you know we see we see people struggling some of the people I talked to uh they definitely are not doing that um, and it led to a few questions you know uh that i I kind of asked myself and asked some of these people that uh the first one was, do you want change in your life? you know do you actually look forward uh To wanting to get out of maybe the rut you're in, or are you looking at do you feel like God maybe is calling you to something else? Um, Another question I asked was if you don't follow your calling that God has placed on your life, then who's going to? I believe to my core that God has obviously placed a calling on each of our lives, and we're called to reach people within that, to do things for the kingdom, to bring heaven down to earth. And if we're not doing that, who will? Now, I, I believe God has a plan to reach as many people as he can, but Let's say, for example, uh, I got to reach um, a guy, a friend of mine named Kevin. Let's say I got to try to reach him, right? And if I don't follow my calling, will, will Kevin ever be reached? Will, will he? It's a question I think that's open to debate, but, uh, you know, God has placed a calling on our life for a reason. There's a reason he wants us to do things and great things, I believe, too. Let me ask you another question for the family people out there. If you don't lead your family, um, who's going to? You don't leave lead your marriage who is going to maybe a bolder or bigger question might even be if you don't get involved in your communities who is going to one i see today is if you don't get involved and start serving your church who is going to now i think you can see the communities around us today some are crumbling and some are falling apart and some you just look at and going what is happening I think it's pretty easy to say no one is leading those communities, or maybe more so the enemy's got that community where he wants them. Churches today are struggling to find volunteers. Uh, people are leaving the church at astronomical rates. I read an article the other day that was something about um, like the amount of women, there's more women, like way more women in church than, than Christian men today. Um, again, who who's leading um, these people? Who's leading our communities? And marriages are struggling at an all-time rate. Uh, families are struggling and falling apart again, I think we know who may be at the steering wheel here. So, you know, the question then we ask ourselves is we as Christians, should we be uh, living a passive uh, lifestyle? Is it okay to not step up? Is it okay to stay comfortable and, you know, not challenge ourselves or step into a role that might make us uncomfortable? Where do you stand in this category of passivity? Um, if you sat down and really take a took a look and a collection of your activities let 's say i don 't know the last month where would you land? Where would you find yourself sitting? Would you be happy with the outcome? What kind of fruit did you produce? Are you more so one of those people that says hey i'll i 'll pray about it for you or are you one of those people that says, "Let me pray with you before we leave are you you know are you grabbing the bull by the horns uh, per se My dad and I joke around about that quite a bit uh, taking the bull by the horns, right. You know, I think we live in a season right now where we really just need to recalibrate ourselves as Christian people. Uh, this podcast is meant for men and women that are Christians and anyone that really wants to listen to it. But uh, we really need to calibrate and calibrate often because the climate of the world today, it's crazy how fast the world changes around us and the things that we face, that we're faced with extremes. I mean, open any news article, uh, open any anything that's out there, honestly, on social media, and it's probably an extreme. And so I think, in a sense, you know, as I was thinking about passivity and how maybe we become passive today, I think uh, it's easy for us to hide behind this extreme, if you will. You know, we seem small to kind of what's going out there, and and we might seem too small to make a difference. You know, compare my life to a war in Ukraine. I'm I'm one person. I I would seem very small, but it doesn't give me a reason to not stay active. Uh, Maybe it's activity and prayer, right? Uh, I might say, you know, that's just beyond me, but. I mean, I can pray to the biggest, most amazing resource I've ever known, God, and ask him for help, right? Ask him, him, to, him to intervene and so on and so forth, right? I mean, we, we sometimes take that for granted, what that really means to do something as simple as pray. You know, due to the extreme things going on around the world, we just get lost in that comparison and just seem small. And we kind of hide behind that. I think that's one way uh, we become passive over time. You know, I think a lot of men uh, and women today, too, in the church, and or Christians, I should say, um, is maybe the extreme weight of the world pushing against us, right? Uh, it has uh, been a scary time to speak your mind, uh, to stand up for what you believe in. And this weight uh, keeps us down. It's a constant pressure being applied to us, those that hold Christian values to our core and want the best future and brightest future for our kids and our families. And so we have this constant world pushing against us, All the time. And sometimes this weight just kind of seems too much to bear. And so what do we do? We don't hide on purpose. You know, we're not purposely looking at it to say, uh, if you hear my fridges kick on every now and then, bear with me, I got to keep my cold brew cold. We're down here doing it ruggedly in the shop today on the podcast. So bear with me. But with that said, um, it, it can be sometimes too much for us to handle or a lot of pressure pushing against us. And simply put, it's time to start pushing back. You know, I was reading this article. It says, it starts off. He goes, he goes, what do you want? What do you desire? What is your ambition? Um, And he says, do you really know or do you really want to know what you want? He says, look at your behavior. You do what you want.
1: And I was like, man, that's
0: hardcore. Because I say, I want, I know what I want in life in my mind, but then I'm living a a separate lifestyle. I say, I want this. But then when I look at the fruit I produce and the walk that I do, it doesn't always line up. He says there's a dev- dev- devastatingly simple psychology of motivation, but it's what the Bible teaches. For example, James says faith, faith without works is dead. John says love without deeds is dead, and Paul says grace without holiness is dead. Jesus said discipleship without obedience is dead. And so I was like, man, that hits pretty hard. Um, do we really, do we really live how we talk? Uh, it's just a As he said a biblical straight talk we have to just hash it down to what it is and really take a look in the mirror you know if we dig into romans 8 5 i got it right here it says for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh and but those who live according to the spirit set their minds on things of the spirit now most of you listening to this podcast would probably consider ourselves christian people and we probably say we're walking the walk but a lot of times that calibration gets gets taken out a little bit. You know, we, we say we don't uh, go after things of this world. Yet the biggest things we often stress about are things of this world. Uh, we get caught up in finances, retirements, uh, materialistic things. I imagine a lot of people listening to this have giant car payments, um, you know, myself included to uh, some extent. I can definitely add up quickly, right? The things of the world often sneak in and we just say, yeah, I don't love the world. I love God. But then when we say, what is the production or the fruit our life produces, what does that show? So for some, as we have this conversation about how are we living compared to how we should be living and recalibrating, we may need to calibrate frequently. Uh, For some of those people I know in life, man, they probably calibrate not that often because they're maybe walking a really straight and narrow walk. Um, God has been good to them. He's given them wisdom and dedication, obedience. For myself. Uh, I mean, you calibrate daily, hourly, depends on what's going on. I mean, different stresses of life, different seasons, put you in tougher places. So I really would challenge you to test yourself and see where your calibration needs to be. Um, When we dig into some of these verses I'm going to talk about here, we're talking about having an athlete's mindset, a farmer's mindset, and a warrior's mindset. The Bible talks about Uh, Do you look at yourself in the mirror and when you walk away, you forget what you even look like? I think a lot of ourselves, if we looked ourselves in the mirror, we'd say we're strong Christian people. I read the Bible. I love God. And then the minute we step away from the mirror, uh, we get caught up in work conversations we shouldn't be part of. We get caught up in dramas of life. We're struggling financially because we we don't commit it uh, the right way to God. And... um, Maybe you're struggling in your job because of poor decisions. Your marriage is struggling, but you haven't even taken your uh, wife out on a date in over a year, right? Things like that. I think we really have to take a hard look in the mirror and then realize it's not so much the part in the mirror that's the problem. It's who we are after we walk away from that mirror. Um, we'll dig here into First Peter and Second Timothy, but I want to talk about this athletic mindset or this athlete mindset You know, in our lifestyles of normal living, uh, your job, whatever it may be, I bet we're pretty boss, right? Uh, We just own where we're at, we deliver for our company, we work hard, we wanna be successful and bring success to our futures. I hear a lot of people say, you know, like, I'm gonna be successful or work hard now so I don't have to work hard later. And to some extent, there's probably some truth to that, right, Um, but if only we could apply that focus and that mindset to our spiritual walk and mindset, to our lives that we live every day, to our marriages. Now, no, we shouldn't work hard in a marriage to not work harder in later. That's going to be constant work, right? But the, you get the idea. See, we forget often as Christian people that we have to have an eternity mindset. Um, we, we, we've sacrificed the eternity mindset for the comfort of now. We forget that lives are going to be lost in eternity if we don't step up. If I told you in the beginning, like I said, this no one is coming mindset, if you don't step up now and you don't start serving now, you don't start working hard for your marriage now, uh, who is? Now, I'm not one of those people that says, hey, the, you know, God is coming soon. Well, we don't know when he's coming. He could come tomorrow. He could come 30 million years from now or something like that, right? We, we get a sense of urgency, I think, in our spirit that it could be any day, right? It could be uh, – I don't want to dive into that rabbit hole. But you get the idea that our time um, – is urgent and it might not be God coming back. What if you die of a heart attack tomorrow there 's all kinds of extremes we could focus on, but the main focus I want you to realize it 's really not about your life it 's about those we 're supposed to be serving and reaching what God has called us to do it 's really not about us it 's about the mission, the calling that God has placed on our life. So do you live as more of a spectator in this holy race uh, or are you a racer that is you know committed to this life of sanctification and self control you want to win this prize at the end? Again, it's just really easy to forget about the finish line uh, for the pressures of life that are pressing on us now. So if you were to evaluate yourself, like I said, um, are you more of a spectator or an athlete in that that is competing right now? Uh, Think hard about this for a second. I really challenge you to sit down and put it on paper. Evaluate your actions. Evaluate your conversations over the last 24 hours. Did every word of your mouth flow out like a gift of God or was it more of like, I was maybe more of a serpent uh, tongue coming out of me, Right. What about things like do you eat right? Do you work out and take care of the body that God gave you? Are you focused and committed to your work life, your relationships, your marriages? If you just strip everything down to its core, um, are you just wanting to run to win? Or are you just uh, tacking on a bunch of extra crap that you don't need to be doing? Uh, I'm going to open up here to 1 Peter um, 1. Verses 13. I'm reading out of ESV today. Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. We need to realize we are called to live prepared. We are called to live prepared for what? Action. I'm going to jump into 2 Timothy here, real quick. Do-do-do-do. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 through 7. Share in suffering as good soldiers of Jesus Christ. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits, since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. An athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. It is the hardworking farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops. Think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. We are called to live a lifestyle of activity and pursuit for the end goal of working hard for the one who enlisted us. And I love this soldier's mindset. This mindset right away should transform the way we think due to uh, doing away with anything passive. I don't like to pick this as an example, but it is a good example in today's modern world. Think about being a soldier in Ukraine. These people were living normal lives one second. The next second they're being invaded to a mass extinction almost. I mean, they're, they're facing uh, the uncertainty of life every day. Um, They, I imagine, like some, were probably living passive lifestyles. They didn't have a a mindset of this war to come. You can see in many reasons what I'm talking about. I imagine maybe even Taiwan uh, feels the same way right now, and so it's kind of a struggle. You know, there should be an expectation of preparedness and dangers that we're going to face for the comforts behind that we need to shatter. I don't think this really means going to a physical fight, but more so we need to give up uh, what's holding us down spiritually. Uh, We talk about Ukraine facing a war and we talk about um, Taiwan facing a war. But the reality is um, we are facing a war ourselves, a heavy spiritual war. You know, um, I don't mean to compare one war to the next, but when you look at the U.S. right now, some of the things we are facing spiritually, and it, it is tough right now. Uh, the war is here, my friends. Like, we are we are in it, we are in the thick of it, and we are maybe in a sense losing due to these passive lifestyles we, we've fallen into. I got to be honest, some days it really stings to evaluate it. So again, you know, what do we need to give up? What do we need to strip down? What do we need to lay down in your life right now to become active? If you're a soldier mindset, it means we prepare for war every day. You know, we talk about the armor of God, but most people probably couldn't recite it or even know what it means uh, to apply that to your lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So what do we need right now to make us active? What do we got to strip down? What do you need to get involved in right away? What do you need to do in life to get intense about the right things? You know, I imagine we get intense if, you know, A financial thing happens or a family member makes us mad or a friend hurts us but are we that intense about the walk we have with God where we want to bring that to the to the people that are lost the time is now and again remember if you don't do it no one is coming so you know if you were to evaluate yourself again do you see yourself as a soldier preparing for battle or more like the passive civilian a simple way to answer this is again think about if you were invaded tomorrow what would that look like fun fact though like I said we've already been invaded. Have we even noticed what's going on around us? And have we taken the self-accountability to say, you know what, my state might be falling apart. Uh, we're we're supporting um, abortion at all time rates here. Minnesota is a, a, a pro, not a pro-life state. And so that leaves me in a tough spot. But then I think about it, I'm like, I've never even thought about this till it was on my forefront. Like, I don't believe in it. And I believe I'm pro-life and but holy cow, I haven't actually done anything to to help fight this battle. Is there something I could have done? And I've looked into that resources I can provide to companies, agencies, maybe it's donation of finances, whatever it may be, but I definitely could have done more. Should we have done more in other places? Could we have served outreaches? Could we have reached out to agencies that are constantly asking for help? Or do we just scroll across them on social media, like every other advertisement that comes up, right? Did we even notice that the enemy's invaded because he is here and now we're upset about it? But what do we do to prevent it? I'd also argue that if right now you're not in some fight, then the enemy probably has you sidelined. You know, for example, maybe you don't need to go. Through, I don't think we always need to struggle in life to be, call ourselves Christians. But are you fighting for anyone else's life right now? Are you helping someone fight for their life so that they don't lose to the enemy? You know, that's a battle that never ends because there's always someone else we can be serving and helping that God calls us to. If all is quiet on your front, you're probably not in the fight. So do we have this athletic mindset where we know the rules, we're organized, uh, we train hard and we win? Or do we have this soldier mindset with mission focus? We don't get involved in the civilian weights of life. We are in the fight and we adopt a mindset that we leave no man left behind. And then the farmer mindset, right? Just grinding it out, hustling. It's hard work. It's brutal. But we know our job. Uh, We know it takes an insane amount of work, but the crop is worth it. You know there's a verse that hit heavy to me the other day it was in Philippians so I'm going to switch over to Philippians 3:19 Hopping over Almost there Their end is destruction their god is their belly and their glory is in their shame with mind with minds set on earthly things See, now, I don't think anyone listening to this podcast has a strong hunger for the world per se on purpose, but what is filling you up right now? Are you frustrated in life? Or are you uh, maybe a good example, right? If you want to think full, are you super overweight because you can't stop eating out and you haven't gotten help and you haven't gotten to the gym and you say you want to change, but you haven't done any of the work to change? Or maybe it's your shame. Your shame has overpowered you. Maybe you're addicted to something, a drug, pornography, whatever it may be. Um, And so your shame keeps you weighted down. Their minds are laser focused on things of this world. Finances, stress, uh, what the future looks like for your kids' schools, a lot of things can probably be weighting you down uh, because you're not, again, you're not focused on the world or you're not literally trying to take in the the world over God. But what is your life producing? Are you more stressed about the world or are you more stressed that you didn't get enough time with God today? So again, I'm not saying we all hunger for the world more than we love God. I know we don't try to, but it's our actions that show our hearts. Time spent with God, family struggling, lack of faith, lack of growth, lack of serving, lack of spreading the gospel. Are you fighting in these battles, or is the hunger of the world overtaken your hunger for how awesome your God is and the calling he's put on our life? Remember, no one is coming. It's up to us. Matthew 12, and I think it's one of my last Bible verses for you, but you know I can't. Just skip over all the good word that's out there. So Matthew 12, we're going to go to verses 43 through 44. When the unclean spirit has gone out of a person, it passes through the waterless places seeking rest, but finds none. Then it says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds the house empty, swept and put in order. Listen, this is kind of hardcore part here, but the evil's coming for you. It's already knocking at your door. It's pounding with a vengeance to make sure you never advance the kingdom of God again. We had an evil in us when we, right before we accepted God. And when we kicked it out and made room for God, we just cleaned the room. Are we going to keep it clean? Or are we going to invite this enemy back in? It's time that we answer that door with a holy fight that the enemy will forever regret bringing this fight to your doorstep in the first place. Are you ready for this fight? Because it's already here. We're already in it. I, I saw this quote the other day and I forget who it was by, so bear with me. But it says, Our defeat comes not because God's help was not available, but because we saw the advance of evil and did nothing. Man, that hit hard to me. We hit really hard. Um, so, what do we do, right? Where do we start? Uh, first, I would evaluate. The six ways we can become passive. One is in laziness. You know, when faced with a choice between relaxing or making extra effort required to lead something, we often choose the easy way out. Busyness is a big one today, especially with Christian men today. We are just too busy for the church. We have so much on our plates that we think we simply have just no time to take on any additional responsibilities or to pursue the ones we have with excellence. Chances are, if we sat down and made a list of our priorities, they're probably upside down to begin with. Entertainment, you know, the constant access to entertainment to us as Christian people today um, with technologies, uh, it's addictive. Uh, this can obviously have huge effects on our life. It takes the mental uh, focus off our walk. It gives us a vigor stress amounts. I mean, it's insane. Um, and it takes us out of being able to actively lead in areas which God has called us. Aimlessness, this is a big one today too, especially for younger people. We don't lead because we have not prayed and thought it through any specific way. We just kind of Wake up and do life. Hey, God, you are good. Let's go. You need to have focus. We need to walk with purpose of our life. Every step should take uh, the presence of the kingdom down here to earth. Do we even walk that way or think that way? Or do we, like I said earlier, do our words deliver gifts from God every time we open our mouth? Unbelief. We may think we are not even cut out for leadership uh, to serve the kingdom, do what God has called us to do. And so we just take ourselves out of the game because we don't believe we were ever fit to be in it in the first place. And another big one today is fear. We may be afraid of what others react to if, if we step up and try to serve God, if we try to to be the Christian people we are called to be. And so we become afraid that we'll fail and we never step up in the first place. So what do we do from here? You know, I think uh, we should definitely start with repentance. We need to get our heart in the right place. Not just a a crappy, lame hey god i'm sorry but i mean repentance to the point where we recognize our sinful behavior of being passive and we start to begin it and behave in a way that is consistent with the desires of our heart uh we should believe you know it says here in this article it says believing is never more intellectual assent to a creed It is, simply implies a require and requires action Um, James statement that faith without works is dead is backed up by the entire Bible If you believe God you will do what he says Do not say you believe God and then walk a different life We have to repent we have to believe that we have to live this way We should be following him with everything we have I'll give you three applications I think that will go really well for you this week First thing start leading Uh, First, lead your relationship with God to a stronger place. Then lead your marriage, then lead your family, then your friends, then your work. If you put God first in your life, he will align the rest as you go. Get accountable before God. Find a person in your life. Strengthen your circle of people that want you to get better more than you want to get better better and don't let off the gas. Second thing, serve your church. It's not okay to not be serving. If we are not serving our church, our church cannot go out and make disciples and find people to bring in the four walls. How do we reach the lost if our church can't even serve the the 100 people that come in every day? Start serving your church so you can explode outside your four walls and reach the lost at, at amazing success rates. The last thing is spread the gospel. It is not okay to be not stepping out and sharing. Take small steps. Grow into bigger ones. Again, if no one is coming and it's up to you, every word we need needs to be a gift from God. We need to be trying to reach the lost. We need to be praying for people in our Walmarts, our targets, in our streets. Um, This is not meant to be in the comfort of our homes. This is not meant to only be in our church. It's meant to be wherever we go because we are to bring the gospel to the people here on earth. So, um, yeah, we need to start waging war on this passivity and life's of inaction. Christianity without action is dead. Where do you fall into that? Let's go. Thank you for listening to my podcast. I ask you to like, share, respond, spread the good news. Um, I really hope this is a good year for the podcast. Thanks, everybody.